I was caught off guard by the words there. I didn't know that was coming. So I let it play out. Um, You know, the more that we learn about these tentative agreements between the UAW and the big three, the more and more you have to give it up for Sean Fain. I mean, this dude got big-time deals. I mean, big-time deals. Uh, He, alongside VP Rich Boyer, who heads the Stellantis department inside the union, uh, they broke down the Stellantis deal yesterday. Here's what they touted. $19 billion in product investments, including investments in battery plants and in uh, at the Jeep Cherokee plant in Illinois. Economic improvements, uh, very much in line with what Ford had proposed and, and that workers secured on, on that side of things. Uh, they've got contract language to help workers transition to... Uh, EVs and includes 27% in compounding base wages, cost of living adjustments, a shorter time to the top wage earners, uh, rollover commitments for temporary and supplemental workers, and a pathway for employees at future future battery plants to become unionized under the master agreement with companies. Uh, Brianna Noble, the auto reporter with the Detroit News, she joins us. Brianna, it's... just feels like as we get these details, these are big-time wins for the UAW. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you know, speaking with industry observers, experts, analysts, the union definitely um, sought major gains in the these negotiations and obviously didn't get all of the demands that it was seeking when it was shared those details back in August. Um, but the gains, um, according to experts, were more than a lot of people expected. Uh, meanwhile, I thought yesterday when Sean Fain and uh, Rich Boyer were breaking it down, you know, they, they said something again, they, they, they kind of throw these seeds out there. That's very interesting, whether it was, asking unions to to meet up with their deadline when the, these these rounds of contracts expire in four and four years and eight months seven months um to to meet up with with um uh, uh may 1st uh may day but yesterday he pointed out and he says the companies know we're coming for them and he was referring to other automakers that aren't unionized specifically toyota we saw that Toyota, who's you know a quasi big four, part of the big uh, the uh, American companies, um, we saw that they are are providing wage increases and other uh, benefits to workers, and and it seems like Sean Fain insinuated that it's because of the deals that the UAW got that Toyota felt like they needed to make a move. Is that a fair assessment? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can overlook the timing. Toyota announced their wage increases. Um, They have a a smaller one that took effect. They're calling it the fall wage. And then um, ultimately a 9% increase is what they're going to be seeing um, come January 1st. You know, you can't overlook the timing of of this announcement, Um, certainly. And obviously, just with with labor market as well, have to be paying attention of what's going on in terms of recruiting talent, um, ensuring that those companies abilities to uh, retain that talent and you know obviously the union looked at this move as you know a way to try to 
keep it so that that those plants are remain non-unionized. But the union has communicated that they are still going to look to pursue and add companies to their umbrella. Do you feel that uh, just by your observation or from folks that you've talked to, do you feel like the unionized or the the union is emboldened at this point? I mean, I I think when you're coming off the kind of deals that they are or that they've that they've uh, worked out with the big three. You know, I feel like you'd have if it almost feels like you they're justified almost in in puffing their chest out a little bit. They've done some pretty good work here on behalf of the, of the rank and file, do you feel like they, they, they feel emboldened? Yeah, I think that, that there's no question about in terms of um, the union feel like, feeling like they have been emboldened and have sort of this push by the members to take these steps. And definitely with the gains, there obviously was a lot of celebration and cheering in some of the Facebook live streams that we've seen from the union on the gains that um they achieved in terms of wage increases, cost of living adjustments, product commitments, things like that, um, that, you know, they had bargained away or, 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 um, or trying to get back and new things like the right to strike over plant closures as well. And I think also, you know, the, the rank and file, they voted to implement these direct elections of their international leaders. And so they feel like they have that, that say in terms of who they're putting into those places that are leading the negotiations at the table and so they have this sort of um, empowerment to be able to um, say hey the the rank and file have put us into these places Mm. Uh, well it's good stuff obviously good news uh, again for rank and file union workers at Stellantis Uh, I imagine that when you consider the the type of support and excitement that the Ford workers seem to show for for that tentative agreement, I, I would imagine uh, we'll see some similar reactions to the Stellantis deal. Uh, Brianna Noble, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Chris. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. We'll talk again very soon. 800-859-0957. We're, we're wrapping about a lot of stuff today. Obviously, the, the, the situation in Israel, the president, in my mind, has, has changed his tune a little bit. He softened. Initially, it was, if this were the United States, we'd be striking quick, we'd be striking decisively, and Israel has every right to do the same. Well, now, once we've seen some backlash from Arab groups around the, the country, it's it's almost like there's been a bit of a retraction in the sense of, well, maybe we need to pause uh, in in this advancement for for humanitarian reasons. Well, it's only really will benefit Hamas. It will only benefit the terrorists who started this in the first place. So I I think that we're in a situation now where I'm not really entirely sure that A, it would be feasible to stop the bombardment that's happening. And B, I don't know that it's prudent. I don't know that would be in the best interest of Israel uh, or its people. And we're also talking about this bill, these packages of bills that were passed in Lansing yesterday. Uh, Big win for Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the Democrats uh, because they feel like they are facing climate change head on. Why? They're overhauling the state's energy laws. They're providing a path to override local opposition to large scale wind and solar projects, which means if you are against wind or solar panels being put in or the wind turbines being put in and you're not against it or you're not for it, you're not going to have much to say 
because at the end of the day, it's the Michigan Public Service Commission who's going to have the say. Oh, and by the way, they are appointed by the governor. 800-859-0957. Real quick, let's go out to Robert in Lincoln Park. What's up, Robert? Hey, love the show. Thanks for having me, Thanks. Chris. Um, I got a few things on my mind here. Real quick, I got uh, about a minute left. Yeah, yeah, we need to recognize we're burning fossil coal a lot cleaner than we used to, but we got to get cleaner. If we go to gas, gas prices will go up expeditiously, and I think nuke is the way to go, much like a mm-hmm. few callers ago. Yep. It will cost more. It will um, take longer to build, but we won't incur gas prices down the road, along with the cost of building new facilities sure. uh, to support our uh, electrical needs. Uh, moving on to the, you said earlier about would the United States have a swift movement if uh, what was happening to Israel happened to us yeah. like it did on Lebanon. I would hope to think so, but I think our government is softened. We would soft pedal it and uh, not step on the gas as quick as we should like we did in 9-11. But my question is, where is the swift movement that we hope we have if we were attacked right now at the border? Yeah, well, it's a good question. I think that's one that's being asked by a lot of people, and, and they feel like that's where the administration's dropped the ball. Robert, appreciate it. Got to take a break.